Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Dory. This is uh, your favorite podcast about IVF from people who have have done it yep. a few times. Mm-hmm. Ended up with a, this the guy that making today a little bit of a panicky you know just get some energy right now you know it's like it's like that two two and a half year old energy people talk about it's a lot it's it's a lot of big feelings i would say it's some of the biggest feelings um but yeah here we are it's 80 some odd degrees it's very warm uh your classic november weather Thanksgiving's around the corner. Why not? Why not sweat? <laughs> Very sweaty. Yeah, it's like L.A. is playing that CNC Music Factory song. Going to make everybody you sweat. dance now. Oh, yeah. So um, it's just yeah. It's very warm. Very very warm. Um, my mic sounds hot. Like, like the weather. Hot. Like like yeah. I think oh. mine is high too. Now yours is actually sounds better. This oh. is this sounds good for me. Okay. I think. Um 
Yeah. So Henry has a lot of big feelings. Yeah, he he's really going from zero to a hundred like real fast. It took a little while to get out of the house. Like the whole idea of like uh, me not doing whatever Henry wanted for twelve seconds was not something he could bear. I had to have a little talk with Matt about that. I said, you know, he's allowed to be upset. Yeah, but the face he was making, I was like, well, do I really need to watch this episode of Star Trek right now before the podcast? You know, I'll watch it eventually before the podcast. And I said, you don't need to take his emotions on. Dory was engrossed in a book. Oh my God, this book. She has been nonstop reading it. it. She was like, you you and Henry do whatever till I take him to the park. And I was like, okay. She's just in her her Kindle in her hand. And I was like, I'm going to just lock the door behind me, (laughs) which I did. And then we didn't see her until it was time to take Henry to the park. Um, and then she came home and this afternoon she just went into the Henry's playroom and sat on the couch and was reading the book again. Mm-hmm. And then once she put Henry down for a nap, uh, she moved from there to her couch Yep, in her office and was reading the book. Well, first I did some work. Oh, okay. And then I read the book again. Well, care to share? Okay. The book is called... Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts. It's by Kate Raculia. Okay, it's about uh, some sort of uh, girl who has uh, powers where she can speak with ghosts. I mean, kind of, but it's like so much more than that. First of all, it takes place in Boston, which is like, it's very delightful just to like read something that's set there in the present. Well, it's not the present day. It's set in mostly in 2012. Um, but it is about a woman named Tuesday Mooney. She's kind of goth. She's a grown up, um, but she's kind of a loner. And she gets caught up in this game that an eccentric billionaire, um, like, bequeathed to anyone who wanted to play. But it's like all these puzzles and codes. And so it's Ready Player One, but for ghosts. People. It's like it's like the Westing game. Kind of. Did you ever read the Weston game as a kid? No, but I was like one I of my favorites. Think I understand. Um, it's it's really it's really good. I, I mean, really it was a page turner. You were engrossed. It was a page turner, but it wasn't violent. What? Like who thought page page turners don't have to be violent? No, no, I know, but I feel like I'd been reading a lot of like mysteries that were a little intense. Well, that, they, that explains some of your night terrors. Yeah, exactly. So. I'd been t- I'd been t- doing some palate cleansers with some romance novels, sure, just to like take it down a notch. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my friends recommended this book, and the way she described it, I was like, "Oh, this book is right up my alley." And indeed, it was right up my alley. That's good. I'm glad that your palate was cleansed. Yeah, I'm like sad. I like I didn't want to stop reading it, but I'm sad that it's over. Well, that was a good book then. Yeah. Maybe you started over. I mean, Have you ever reread a book immediately? No. Me either. I feel like I, it, it might be nice to reread a book like this immediately because I feel like I was like devouring it and yeah. there's probably things that I missed. Well, you do read very quickly and as a result, I think you grasp about 89% of what you're reading. Yeah, I definitely feel like I skim. Not 
deliberately. It's just like the way I absorb information. Dory took a speed reading class. What? At some point. What are you talking about? Did you take a speed reading? No. Class? I thought you did. What? Why do I remember that? <laughs> I don't I know. You was... <laughs> Who am I thinking I of? I don't know. But you just totally made that up. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. <laughs> I took a typing class. No, that's not it. <laughs> In high school. <laughs> I mean, you do type. I type fast. With an absurd tornado. Dory, as I've said, longtime listeners will know. When she's typing, it sounds like an extra trying too hard to get noticed. You know, what's funny is in this book, there's a scene where Tuesday Mooney is also typing really fast. And the person she's with like kind of describes it like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's like me. It's ridiculous. It's an absurd sound. It really sounds made up. Like. <laughs> there's this. I mean, here. There's this viral. Uh, it's like a tag. I guess here, it's a. Close your laptop. And then type, I just disconnected the keyboard of my computer and I just want everyone to hear what she types like. Well, what do you want me to type? I think you should start um, start writing the notes for the uh, for the podcast. Well, no, it has to be something. Oh, you know what? I'll just, I'll just type this. Yeah, type the notes. Yeah, sure. Okay, do you all hear this? Sounds made up, doesn't it? But she's actually typing. Okay, you can stop. Oh, okay. And that was her reading, <laughs> reading the first page of a of of a, of a pitch I wrote, and just typing it. Mm-hmm. That is some some BuzzFeed bullshit. What? I didn't learn that from BuzzFeed. Well, you know, I just put that your whole um, you know life as a journalist. I, I equate to that. I learned that. I, well, first I learned it from Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Sure, as the, as Mavis does. As like everyone who grew up in the 80s and 90s, I feel like learned how to type with Mavis Beacon teaches typing. And then in high school, like, I don't know if we had to take typing or like everyone just took typing, but. I think we all had to take typing. I'm pretty sure I took typing we in high school. I, what's funny is like, I don't, I, because I learned how to type on a DOS system. Oh, uh, uh-huh. And a Commodore 64 that required specific uh, caps and stuff like that. I because of, that's how I learned how to type. I I I I use the caps lock button to put cap a capital letter at the beginning of a sentence. Oh, that's weird. I know. It's very strange. It's a it's a it's a it it's an extra stroke. Yeah. And then and, sometimes know, if I don't if I don't uh, turn it off. And I write a bunch, and then I look up, and everything's reverse of what it should be. Mm. But you can you, yeah, there's you can a thing you can it. flip, which is newish to mm. like 1998. Yeah, I was gonna say what that's new to me. <laughs> um, I mean, when I was a kid, and ty- you know, I type out reports, I would type. I was like, if you did that, you had to go back. Yes, that's true. And rewrite it. It was crazy. That is true. That is very true. Anyway, so that's a little bit about our our typing. This is what we talk about here at the house. Yep. You have a little glimpse into our fascinating lives. Is it that fascinating? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> um, Going back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody who is wondering what the hell's happening with Matt's work, he's going back to it. He's suddenly talking in the third person. <clears throat> well, I've been around Henry all day. Mm-hmm. Henry talks in the third person. Henry also. does talk in the third person. Henry, do it. Henry, do it. 
Henry fix it. Did I fix it? This is what I say. You know, you, and then you end up like third person yeah, to which, him, which like you're not supposed to do. But obviously, it's not. It, uh, this is clear when you speak with him. Yes, and he but uses, it's hard not to because right. like you just kind of fall into his speech, speech pattern, which is broken. <laughs> yes, uh, that of a child. So anyway, yeah, going back, Goldberg's called. Matt got the call. I got the call, and they said, "Hey." Remember your old job? Come do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what I'll do tomorrow is I'll pretend that I had no idea the season already started. And I thought that today was the first day. <laughs> and then everyone will be like, no, no, we already shot 13 episodes. I'll be like, no, you didn't. Come on. <laughs> 13? 13? They've shot 14? 13? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, sorry. They've shot 12. Okay. But still, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm in for a couple episodes, and then I'll direct a couple, and then they'll wrap up the season. Maybe with me. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But, you know, it's that whole kind of thing of, like, I wasn't really anticipating this. Right. And then it suddenly, very quickly, my manager called me on Thursday? Yeah, I think it was Thursday. Yes, it was Thursday, because I had to get COVID tested on Friday. Right. So everything was like trying to get done on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, but I made tea times for next week. It was so sad. Slash delighted to go do something. But also like suddenly from going from, you know, golfing in, in the morning and then maybe taking a nap in the middle of the day. And then, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> going from that recording to. Recording some podcasts. Yep. <laughs> but going from that to like. Yeah, intense. Seven to seven. Yes. It's going to be a... In Culver City. It's going to be a little bit of a It will be a quick shift. snap, but yep. very happy to go back and see everybody and hopefully contribute a bit or two. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I think, yeah, barring that, I mean, we did... We did I did find out last week, which was very exciting, and then it was all taken away from me, but I found out last week that I, at the golf course, I, I hear Henry. Anyway, at the golf course, I showed up on f Thursday morning uh, because I woke up, I like accidentally woke up at 4.40 in the morning, mm -hmm. which sometimes happens to me, and then I was not planning on playing golf. But I was like, I'm already up. And I could literally just get in the car right now and be the first guy out of the tee box if they'll have me. So I get there and I was talking to Brian, who was telling me a story about how Jose the groundskeeper had scared him earlier in the morning. <laughs> and then I was like, look, I don't have a tea time, but I woke up anyway. And he's like, he's like I'm going to let you on a secret. We usually just put you in for the first tea time <laughs> because you're always on time. And you don't care if it's still dark, you'll you'll go, and it doesn't hold anybody up. And if you don't come in, that's okay because the people who have the next tea time, it's a little lighter out, and they will go. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I feel honored to be the guy that shows up on time and plays in the dark. You are that guy. Anyway, I feel I felt like uh, it was great pride, and then I was like thinking about all the tea time. I was like, oh, Monday, I'll be there bright and early, and then suddenly, I did think about. <laughs> I was like, could I go out there 
and play nine holes and then or five holes and then drive to Culver City. You could probably play Wednesday when you have a late shoot. For sure, which I will, I think. But I was like thinking about, is that possible? I don't know how long it takes to get from Glendale. It feels like it's an hour. Yeah, at rush hour. It feels like it's a six o'clock departure instead of a yeah. 6.30. So I really yeah. can't do it. But anyway, that's how crazy I am. That's what I thought about. Otherwise, you know, we're put, I'm putting together the Home Alone Lego set. The McAllister house has all three floors on it right now. Still have to do the little basement area and the uh, kitchen, which is a separate like little thing you slap onto the house. And then I, the tree house, and then I'm done. Wow. So it'll be exciting. I wanted to get it out and have it ready for Christmas. When I found out I was going back to work and then we're going to Florida, uh, I was like, oh God, I'm not going to have time to build that or put out a Christmas tree. So yesterday I put out the Christmas tree, moved the furniture around. Dory was very annoyed by the whole process, but also it's very clear to me now. She was reading. Mm. <laughs> Wait, was I already reading that book? I feel like you were. I don't know that I was. I think I started it last night. Oh. How many pages is that book and you finished it already? I don't know. I read it on my Kindle. Okay. Anyway, it's probably like, it's probably not. It's probably not 175 pages. It's probably like 900 pages. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't buying that. Uh, I don't know. It's it's probably like 350 pages. Jesus. Something like already, that. You already read it. I haven't even brought myself to read the tomorrow's script. I caught up. I watched the episodes that have aired, the seven episodes that have aired. Of oh, Netflix. that's fun. Yeah. You know? Still get to pretend that I have never seen anything. I'll be like, what is this? It's 386 pages. Jeez, Louise. That's gross that you finished it that quickly. You should read it again. I probably should. You're right. Thank you. Um, oh, It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Good. I'm glad that you found a thing that you like a lot. That's always important. Yeah. It's hard to find things that I like. You well, know? I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, But Henry does like the Christmas tree. He does. We have to put the ornaments on. Do we? You think with him it would be a bad idea? I do. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. You're probably right. Yeah. Mm. He's right now. He's very content, like just playing with the playing lights. the game of find the red one. It just kind of looks, looks kind of scrawny and sad about the ornaments. I've, I've just judged it. Oh, you did? Yeah, well, that's fun. Okay. I spent because Henry wouldn't let me leave. Oh yes, yes. So I was like, let me occupy myself with trying to fluff up this fake tree right i also just uh, want to be clear that someone's gonna be staying in our house with Bo while we're in florida so don't come rob us because you'll get eaten by Bo. which i mean i gotta be honest with you probably wouldn't be that fun no very lazy oh get a phone call from people at work already really yeah oh boy and anyway so it begins um, wait, before we take a break, <sighs> yes, people have wanted us to address the big L.A. IVF mix-up story. Sorry? Um, this was all over national news this week. <laughs> it didn't make my Reddit. Well. Nightmare IVF mix-up leaves a couple giving birth to other families' baby. They that gave... Is it was horrific. A, it was a one-to-one mix-up. Like, they each gave birth to the other person's baby but they both have given birth but they both have given birth 
and the babies are like the same age. Like it must have happened like How baby are we talking here? Um they found out at 4 months. Oh, yeah. God. Isn't that horrible? What do they do? Do they just shake hands, agree uh, to kind be of. in each other's life and yeah. swap babies? Yeah, essentially. That's probably the thing to do. Yeah. And they're they're both local to Los Angeles. Like, thank God. It could have been like China right. and you no, know, exactly. Israel or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. a snafu. And you know what was interesting too is it was the IVF clinic, but then the IVF clinic was using an off-site lab. They didn't have their own lab. Okay. And so it was a lab mix-up. And it just made me th- like think, you know, California Fertility Partners has a lab on site. Right. Like, I feel like that would never happen there. I mean, TBD. Henry's blonde with blue eyes. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but he also looks like me and acts like you, so. Whatever. <laughs> Um. Anyway, yes. I don't know what else there is to say about this other than holy shit, it's a horrible story. That is wild. Yeah. But like in a weird way. In a weird way, it's kind of the best possible outcome. Oh, like if, for sure. If one of the couples hadn't had a baby. Yes, or if they miscarried. Right, exactly. Like that's it's all, yes. there's the horrible scenarios yes. that could go along with that. But the fact they both had the baby around the same time I mean, it just like, in a way, it's like, kind of like, oh, our family just like doubled in size. Yeah. You know. But I mean, you still have to deal with like the trauma of it happening. One of the one of the families, only one of the families has like publicly come forward. The other yeah. one doesn't want to be like in the, yeah. in the news. And that family had an older daughter who had like already bonded with the baby uh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. didn't really understand what was happening and. So yeah, not great. What do you do? I guess that's what you do, right? Yeah, that's what you do. I mean, what if it what if it wasn't in fight over eight years? Yeah, well, they they thought like they were like they thought it was weird that the baby didn't look like either of them or their other child. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of like, well, genetics like are sometimes yes. weird. Um, and then. They got like a weird call from the clinic asking Mm -hmm. them for pictures of their baby. And they were like, that's strange. And then, (laughs) and then. Well, why not ask for blood work? And well, and then there were DNA tests and et cetera. So now they're suing the clinic and the lab, obviously. You think? Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even, I don't even. I'm also like, how does that even happen? Like. I, I mean, it happens with whatever the hell their checkout system is not being completely. It must have been, the transfers must have been on the same day. Yeah, for and sure. And the, like, one person's embryos, one person's, you know, Petri dish ended up labeled, like, mm-hmm. just swapped. But, like, I feel like everything, like, at California Fertility Partners, everything is labeled, like, 2,000 times. And they, like, confirm everything and, like. Yeah, but it's, I'm also sure that happens on the other end, too. But at the point of confirmation, everything was already mislabeled. That's what I think was happening. Like, I think the initial fuck-up happened when the first label went on. But, like, then how would it have been those two families who just happened to be doing transfers on the same day? 
I don't think it happened at the fr- at the first point because I think it happened. No, I, I guess I mean at the point of 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 leaving the freezer. Yes, I into I, the dish. Yeah, getting transported to the to the clinic. Yeah, even I think, still, I think just coming out of the freezer because it has to come out of the freezer at the lab. Right. No, it was obviously go, a lab boom, fuck boom. up. Yeah. Or was it? I mean, I don't know. You know, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Did it say which clinic it was? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's um wait, where is where's the tab? Oh, here we go. It's um boop 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 California Center for Reproductive Health. And then the lab was in vitro tech labs. C C R H. Yeah. Wow. That is wild. Yeah, and like I I I don't I know kind of of some women who had gone to that clinic and like loved the doctor and like got pregnant like and are just like they are also like shattered by this because it's like of course you know can you imagine like finding out that your doctor yes I can imagine because I know what Henry sort of looks like (laughs) all right well let's take a break all right oh also we should just tell people we might be off next week we're not entirely sure. We're not yet. totally sure, but we might be off. So because we we're, we're we're taking Thanksgiving off, but we didn't really think of which side of Thanksgiving would be the most easiest for us to take off because of our travel schedule of going to see family. So, TBD. Yeah. So we might be off next week. We might be off the following week. You'll know when we know. Yeah, but don't be alarmed if you don't hear a new episode next week. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Be right back. Brb. 
over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, we're back, everybody. Hello. Can you believe it? Um, I hope also... there wasn't a mix-up and we're accidentally doing someone else's podcast. Wah, wah, wah. Hey. Um, reminder, you can text or call us at 413-461-BABY and you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com. That's true. And now let us get to the emails. Okay. The first email is from someone. We heard from a few people about this. Uh, this is from Heather. Had to pause the pod to correct a major pet peeve of mine. It's daylight saving time, singular, not plural. Furthermore, we just went off of daylight saving time and onto standard time. Daylight is summer, standard is winter. Changing time at all is totally stupid. It was started to save energy during World War I, though it was later proven that it did not actually save energy. There are sites all over the internet that have the history of daylight saving time, and it's a rabbit hole I went down a few years ago when I was livid about the spring time change that happened during a family ski trip. I've been listening since Dory was on the Nerdist podcast for Startup, a novel, which was a scary, accurate depiction of startup culture for someone on the inside. And I think this is the second time I've written in, but the first didn't get read on the pod. I think it was about (laughs) baby bathtubs for travel. That is from Heather in 1,097 square feet in Boulder, Colorado, with a husband and 17-year-old son who's a junior in high school. Bonus through most of 2020, our daughter, now 20, was also still living with us. So we had four adult-sized humans and not much space through lockdown. Zero hot dogs for me and my husband, though our son eats them whenever they have them for school lunch, probably two to three times per month. I'm not sure if they're pork, beef, or a combination, but I do know they are locally sourced. Locally sourced is always good. Um, well, I'm glad we read this critical email of our colloquial savings versus saving. Um, and on top of that, I mean, I believe I said that. Not the pluralization thing, because mm-hmm. I'm very guilty of that, but the whole thing of like, well, what what, what do we start the year on? Mm, yes, yes, Remember? Yes. And I was like, that's standard time. Yeah, and I had no idea. Um, so, all right, we stand corrected. We standard corrected. We standard corrected. This time. Ha, ha, ha. Boo. Boo. All right, we also got an update from our friend Jackie, who says, you read my email at the end of the pod last week. Thank you for the honest advice. It confirmed my fear that others will probably not react well to my tertiary infertility experience. Mm. So here's the thing. I'm not seeking out primary infertility couples to talk with. It's just so common these days 
but I have very close friends going through primary infertility. I did think it was better to say we struggled, had a series of miscarriages, then went for IVF to get pregnant this time. Feels better than surprise, I'm pregnant again, my life is easy. Matt said not to say anything, but that feels worse. But noted, it overall won't be viewed with much common ground. I'll let them lead the conversation and see if they want to talk or not. I was looking for advice on what not to say slash what would annoy you, but it feels like less is more and I'll stick to that. Thanks again, Jackie. Boy, we're just, we're just brutal to everybody. <laughs> I I mean, I don't think we were brutal. I think we were just honest about like how we would react to someone in that situation. I was just honest with how you would react. <laughs> okay. How about how you would react? Me? Yeah. I'd be like, whatevs. Okay. Everything's cool. Yeah, sure. All right. Chill out. Um, you want to be Ivy friends? Cut to tomorrow. I was sent home. I'm not funny anymore. <laughs> yep. I feel like, wow, something really happened to Matt. Well, you know, I had too much time with me. <laughs> I sucked all the humor out of myself. I used it all on this podcast and uh, take a listen. Yikes. <laughs> no bueno. All right. Well, we have now reached the ADHD portion of the podcast. This is exciting. I hope there's more information out there well, for people like myself. Yes. Well, the first email is from Charles who says, hello, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I had to pause the pod this week when Matt and you started talking about ADD and the ADD clock that you got him. I also have ADD and have trouble with completing tasks with an open-ended time frame. Mm -hmm. I've tried digital versions of the clock and it did not work for me, but it never dawned on me that maybe an analog version would be better. It really should have though, because I have to use an actual alarm clock to get up in the morning. No matter how many alarms I set on my phone, I just turned them off, but with a real alarm clock, I feel like I have to get up. I've now ordered my own actual version of the clock and hope it helps when it arrives. Your friend Charles in a three bedroom house, 1200 square feet with my wife, three daughters, there's uh, a dog, Bob, also over 20 hot dogs this year. Don't judge me. It's the end of the year. I mean, in fairness, yes, you only have a month and a half to eat more hot dogs. This is true. Um, I hope, uh, I hope I, I'm interested to know what it does for you if the physical clock has anything to do with your success or failure. Because as I, um, the problem with an app for me, and I never did try the app, but I know that it wouldn't have worked because I would have had it covered with 43 other windows or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need it to be visible at all times, mm -hmm. which this one is. Literally, we're using it right now. Mm -hmm. So so there you go. All right. We also got a voicemail. This is in two parts because she ran out of time on the first voicemail. Oh, that sounds like uh, three minutes and then some. Let's go. It is. All right. Here we go. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> we turn that Here on. Here we don't go. Now we can go. Okay. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. It's Amelia calling in from Manchester, New Hampshire, although I'm currently in my car in Nashua. Um, anyway, so I was just listening to the podcast. She's definitely on route three. this past week, and you guys were talking about ADHD, and I didn't even finish that conversation because I had to call in. Uh, Matt, listen to your wife. Everything you're doing is ADHD related. Um, it might be time for you to start to learn more about your ADHD. It sounds like a lot of the things you say, I do this and I'm an idiot for it, are actually just symptoms of ADHD. 
And it, you're not an idiot. You just have to learn to work with those symptoms because your brain works differently than um, than people uh, than neurotypical people's brains do. And there are a lot of good like resources out there. Um, Dr. Ned Hallowell has a lot of books. His most recent book is ADHD 2.0. I haven't read it yet because oh, I should say I also have ADHD. I was but I wasn't I diagnosed that. until. I was 30, so last year. Anyway, that was a fun thing to find out, but it made a lot of sense. But um, I have read his other book, or his first book, Driven to Distraction, which uh, really brings a lot of light to my behaviors and to my uh, family's behaviors because ADHD is very genetic. Oh, no. Um, and so it might be a good thing for you to either read Driven to Distraction or ADHD 2.0 or both of them. Um, I ended up having to listen to the audiobook because I was kind of sad that it took so long for me to get diagnosed and I couldn't get through it otherwise. But that's not really, that's more of an implication of me and not the book. It's the books he's written. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, and the so the Pomodoro technique, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, so I apologize for that. It's, it's in our brains, don't worry about it. Um, but the Pomodoro technique is actually something that is very, uh, that is recommended for ADHD years, and I find works for me, and I am someone who cannot set a schedule. I am incapable of it. I don't know who let me become an adult. But anyway, it is something, think of yourself as having to beat the clock to get it done. It's usually suggested that you do 25 minutes timed and then five minutes, I think it's 25 minutes timed and then five minutes off, but you can set them in any increment you want. So you can do. That's the end of our first. Right. Okay, here we go. Her time timer went off. Yeah. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Um, Amelia again. I got cut off because I am very long this week. <laughs> um, but anyway, Pomodoro technique can be whatever you want it to be, which is the nice thing. You just set a timer or uh, usually they say shorter bursts are better, but you can go longer if you want to. And then you're just essentially trying to get beat the clock to get, a, you know, whatever portion of your work mm-hmm. done. And that maybe that will give you that like last minute deadline feeling that you want. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want it, it, but it's um, all that my brain works without with. without having to wait until three minutes before it's due to get it done. Um, but anyway, yeah, listen to your wife. Start to learn more about your ADHD. Um, yeah, Ned Hallowell's book, as I said, books, his many books are good places to start. And um, also Attitude Magazine, ADD-itude Magazine uh, is also a great place to look. They have a lot of resources. And um, it's probably a good time for you to learn more about your ADHD. Anyway, so that was my ADHD brain after a very long family week with things. Um, I am in Manchester, New Hampshire in... 358 square feet of space. I had previously mis mispronounced that or missaid that. Our 
I previously thought it was 371, but then I looked at the floor plan, and it's actually 358, so I had said that on a previous episode. But anyway, uh, I have seven, I'm up to seven hot dogs this year. <laughs> I, I, I had my seventh over the summer. Uh, you guys don't really care about that, but yeah, 358. Turns out I do. Square feet, Manchester, New Hampshire, seven hot dogs with boyfriend and cat. So. Whoa. Um. Anyway, good luck. ADHD is hard, but you can come up with ways to make it easier. It might also be time for you to look into changing your meds up a bit. But anyway, bye guys. Bye. Thank you for your sporadic information, <laughs> which I fully understood in each and every way. Uh. Yeah, I mean, looking into my ADHD, I really, I guess, I guess I really never have, other than the fact that, like, I've got it. And at least you were, you mean, 30 when you got diagnosed. That was, what, 35? Yeah. (laughs) So, and then I was like, whoa, okay, that makes sense. And now, you know, with the time timer, it makes more sense. You're unstoppable. I've been stopped. But yeah, pretty close to unstoppable, you know, not going to say I'm undefeated, but so far I'm undefeated with the clock. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about using it for like cleaning the house or something. Well, I mean, we kind of did that for a little I while. I know, but we had lots of time, I guess, which is not the time timer. No, it's not. So. Yeah, we could try that. Or you could try that. Who? I was talking to someone who was like, I'm going to try and get one. Well, you know, I texted Allie Ward about this because she's the one who right, we talked about originally this last week, right? Well, we didn't talk about the fact that I texted her. Are you sure? I thought we did. Mm-mm. No, because I texted her on Monday. Oh, but we talked about we it talked as about human it. beings. Yes. Outside of a podcast. I know. Sometimes we do that. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, she told she recommended a book called uh The ADHD Effect on Marriage. Interesting. By Melissa Orlav, Mm -hmm. which I guess is geared towards couples where one partner has ADHD and one does not. Oh. And I thought that sounded intriguing. Interesting. And then she also suggested a book called... Allie has not specified, though. Is it her who has it or her husband? Her husband has it. That's correct. That that seems more accurate, yes. Um, Anyway, I don't want to speak for her, so I... But yes, she's type A. Her husband has it. You can be type A and have ADHD. Can you? Yeah. Mm. Um, she said she interviewed Ru- Dr. Russell Barkley and a new edition of his Taking Charge of Adult ADHD just came out a few weeks ago. And that is like the Bible for strategies. Mm. So that might be a book for you. Okay. So, you know, I can't read as fast as you, but I certainly can absorb 99% of it. Yeah, I think especially if you... I feel like you absorb a lot on audiobook. Uh, yes. Well, I do in the sense that, like, it's faster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. listen to someone else reading it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a book's so good that I'm like, audiobook, and then I'm like, that was good. Let me read it with my eyeballs. All right. So, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> um... All right. Well, I guess we should take another break, huh? Okie dokie. Okay. Don't forget, everyone, you can email us. I mentioned that. 
413461 baby. <laughs> we'll be back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're back. Hello. We didn't really go anywhere. We sat in this chair the whole time. I hope you enjoy purchasing whatever socks we're recommending to you. Definitely Bombas, though. Mm -mm. Um, I got the Bombas tennis socks. Were they the high ones that Henry yeah. was not happy with? Henry was like, big socks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, Mama, put on little socks. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's not, you know, he's not aware of the calf high sock situation. No, but I was into the it. The possibilities of, of, such a, of such a thing. Yeah. Especially for warmth. I mean. That's true. Someday he'll need them. Yep. Um, all right. Do you want to read this email from Sarah? I do, actually. I was literally trying to find that window again i have too many windows open here let's no yes okay fourth window here it is uh from sarah i'm a long time listener and so appreciate your podcast it helped me navigate my ivf journey my husband and i traveled about an hour to our fertility clinic and we would often listen to your podcast on trips it really helped us find some levity and camaraderie with your situation after five years of infertility treatment on the infertility treatment train, we welcomed our son in 2020, mid-pandemic. He recently turned one and is, of course, an absolute delight. We have two frozen embryos left and are currently contemplating the next steps. We had a very difficult pregnancy and I'm apprehensive about trying again, as I do not want to take away from my son's quality of life. 18 weeks into my pregnancy, I had a very sharp, fiery pain in both of my breasts. I felt like someone was jabbing them with a hot poker 24-7. That cannot be good, says Matt. No. I hurt so much that I struggled to even uh, have a shirt touch them. Forget bras. This was very... I love that Dory's like, Matt, read this one about breast pain. I mean... This was very debilitating. I went on a quest for answers, and the only diagnosis I received was possible neuropathy. Uh, my... Hmm, medical fuck mama. And my obs- uh, uh, official brother. My... <laughs> Maternal fetal medicine doctor, the high, that's a high risk doctor. Gotcha. And the OB, mm-hmm. which I just have only known as an OB. Obstetrician. Well, where's the B from? OB, obstetrician. Well, why do you just take the first two? It's silliest. I don't know. All right, I'm asking. God, you're so rude. Why'd you have me read this one then? You know there are going to be acronyms and breast pain, and you were like, Matt, you're perfect for this. Uh, <laughs> you are really both of them down. had never seen <laughs> this in their careers. An ultrasound of my breasts to rule out any cancer masses. I scoured the web for answers, but came up shorthanded. I utilized heat to help my pain, and even used hot hand warmers. Uh, when we had to take the two-hour journey to the uh, MFM. I was prescribed steroids and slightly offered some pain relief. I went to a chiropractor, acupuncturist, and even saw a therapist 
that specialized in nerve massage. My doctor kept saying, if this was onset with pregnancy, it will probably go away once delivered. Sure enough, my pain dissipated once I had my son and I even was able to eventually breastfeed. I also had a C-section, had to have a C-section, which did not heal properly, ended up uh, in over two months of wound packing and trips to the wound clinic. Furthermore, once I delivered, I developed preeclampsia, and we had to extend our hospital stay to monitor my blood pressure. I also had three weeks, uh, three extent on blood pressure meds. Love my son so much, can't imagine my life without him. I also want to continue being in his life. So here we go, two questions. Can we send out the pregnancy breast pain neuropathy signal? And two, what are your thoughts on trying for baby two? Do you think it's too risky? Thanks so much for your input. Sarah, 1500 square feet, Cheyenne, Washington. I'm sorry, Wyoming. Jesus Christ. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Two Fourth of July hot dogs. A lot to unpack there. I would say you're very apprehensive about this. Understandably yeah. so. Yeah. Maybe listen to yourself. Yeah. That's why Dory had me read it. I really got to the core of the apple. You did. You just went right for it. I mean, yeah, it sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I mean, that much boob pain cannot be just like how, I mean, you're just constantly uncomfortable. Like, that's horrible. Yeah. Not that people are super comfortable when pregnant, but like, yeah. But on this, top of that fiery this, hot poker this sounds, pain. This sounds next level. On top of your nausea. You also had fiery hot poker pain in both breasts. Yeah. But the signal And then is the preeclampsia, out. it's like, whoa. Yeah, the preeclampsia is something that is, you know, actually life-threatening. Yeah. Um, not to be taken lightly. So, I mean, look, trying for baby number two is a decision that only you and you can make. Um, I, I, I personally think I would be very hesitant. Wait, of course. Um, you didn't read her PS. Sorry. P.S. Dory, I'm loving your book. Oh, God, here we go. It may, has made me laugh out loud so many times. I've enjoyed getting to know you better. Why, thank Guys, you, Can you believe Sarah? I almost didn't accidentally didn't read that? I know, how rude. It truly would have been an accident, by the way. I wasn't doing that for <laughs> deliberate comedy, but that was pretty uh, funny. Um, all right, let's move on to this email from Jill. Hello, excellent friends. I'm a long-term sporadic listener of your podcast. Sporadic in the sense... That I've gone through spurts of binge listening during different needful periods in my life. Only recently have I caught up to listen in real time on my morning commute. Thank you both for making the IVF journey and my daily work journey less lonely. So there were a few things that made me finally want to write in. One, cream cheese. My 70-pound COVID puppy hated taking his heart, tick, flea, everything monthly pill. I would try to hide it in all kinds of pill pockets, treats, mash it up into other foods, and my dog has always refused. This week, we got an extra large set of pills to give him, and I remembered your cream cheese hack, and it worked. Wow. He ate it whole in about 1.5 seconds. I'm forever indebted to you. As is your cheese hound, I bet. <laughs> Hot tip, you can get a huge thing of Philadelphia cream cheese at Costco. We've seen it. Oh, that's your hot tip to her. Yeah. It's a true hot tip. Uh, two, time timer. Yes, familiar. I, I too struggle with focus and I'm also lamenting how hard life feels now with a nine month old. I'm a high school teacher and I can't tell you how hard it has been to try to motivate myself to read slash lesson plan slash grade slash and do the myriad of other teaching slash administrative tasks necessary to not feel like I suck at my job. 
I've thought for a long time that I might have some form of ADD, but I also find myself struggling so much more after becoming a parent. Is it just me? Work feels so hard now that I have a baby. I feel like I hate my job more days than not since returning from maternity leave. I've decided to quit pumping in hopes that it will help to take one annoying slash time-consuming task off my plate and maybe also get back some pre-pregnancy brain slash hormonal equilibrium. She loves slashes. I mean... Are there others out there who share this struggle? Is there hope? Are there strategies? I'm going to take the time timer and run with it because I think if I could just get better at actually doing my job, I would get I would get out of the cycle of procrastination and guilt that might be what is making me hate it so much. Life slash work balance feels so different. Feels so different now that I have a kid. I will tell you, I was just talking about this on Forever Thirty Five that it was. I feel like my my brain fog only started to lift after i stopped pumping and breastfeeding you've said this before yeah like it's just there's something about knowing that every three hours i had to be pumping or feeding it just i wouldn't have done anything i would have just been forever worried about the next three hour window it's just always on your mind and then like your boobs are hurt like you become so consumed by it that like I felt like it was hard to focus on almost anything else. So that is very, very, very real. Um, And I think you should acknowledge, like be aware of that um, and cut yourself some slack. Weird microphone noises, everyone trying to get comfortable and I'm not doing a very good job of doing it like a quiet person. Um, So I think there is hope. I think I, I do think that stopping breastfeeding and pumping will help. Um, so, all right, three. Plus, like a time timer is going to help. So. And a time timer. There you go. Three, placental problems and donor egg signal. Now for the actual IVF part. My wife and I did reciprocal IVF that resulted in our nine-month-old science baby. Her egg with donor sperm transferred into my uterus. Our baby was born six weeks premature due to me having P-PROM, preterm premature rupture of membranes, preeclampsia, and my baby had severe IUGR, intrauterine growth restriction. Both preeclampsia and IUGR have to do with unknown problems of the placenta. Luckily, he and I are both okay, full recoveries, and no residual issues. But it was scary. Now we are starting to think about the risks involved in transferring our next embryo and having another baby. When I was in the hospital, I learned from one of my doctors that there can be higher rates of placental issues due to IVF and perhaps even higher risks if a donor egg, in this case my wife's, is used. She said the placental issue can be the result of an immune reaction to the embryo since the body has a different genetic makeup than the embryo. That's interesting. She also said that now that I've been exposed to that embryo, slash genetic makeup, it may lower my risk for the next time around because my body may recognize it. My interpretation of her sciencey explanation. Have other people had similar complications after using a donor egg or doing reciprocal IVF? How were the subsequent pregnancies after the initial issue? Does anyone know of any research around this or can anyone explain the science? Okay, woo, that's enough for now. Signing off, <laughs> Jill from Milton, Massachusetts with one wife, one RIVF science baby, one COVID puppy and one senior cat in 1,700 square feet and no hot dogs, though I do usually indulge in an annual Fenway Frank when the weather is warm and it isn't a pandemic. Miss those days. Mm, as do we all, Jill. All right. This is somewhat similar to the email that you read. Yes, but different. But different. I guess, my, I mean, my question is, I well, one of my questions is... Um, is there a reason your wife can't carry the baby? That mm. that was not mentioned. So I'm just sort of curious. Other than maybe they're like, 
No, thank you. Yeah, which is a totally valid reason. I'm just, I'm just wondering, given that the letter, you know, the emailer had so many issues the first time around. What if, like, we were the first people to bring that up, and then they were like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Uh, just remember, sit down and talk about it for 12 minutes with the time timer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good idea. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, those signals are out. Now Megan has a question and a recommendation. Don't think it's been raised yet, but if so, feel free to ignore any of this, starting with the product recommendation. I've heard, I haven't heard mentioned yet Costco Sanira next convertible car seat super light super cheap fits on airplane seats walmart sells one uh c-o-s-c-o in case anyone's wondering if costco does branded car seats they do not uh they sell one under the disney brand which my toddler was excited about when we travel on a plane um i just i just want to like interject here go ahead uh the costco scenario was the one we used when we went to massachusetts and i was not especially impressed with it oh the one that henry would go we when we turned corners yes sure i found that it was hard to get it securely latched i would say that we have abandoned that one yeah we have yeah um so maybe but it, that may be our own foibles for not knowing how to properly yeah, maybe we didn't install it correctly yeah. um but it uh, we were not i'm not coming at your car seat that's what i'm saying yeah okay all right Anyway, sorry, please proceed. Most recent pod, Dory mentioned about being optimistic about adding another child. Made me wonder. Not being optimistic. Uh, That's correct. I missed the key word there. This made me wonder (laughs) if you're planning on working or planning slash working on another transfer and if you'd attempted any other since you transferred the little girl at the beginning of the summer. We had not. That's all the answer to that. Seem to remember you all got surprisingly positive news when you had your embryos retested. Did we? Well, we got we, we got, got the news. We got different news. We got different news. Yeah, which is still, I would say, a crapshoot. Yeah. All the best. Thanks for the pod. It's Megan, twenty four hundred square feet, DC suburb, one husband, science toddler, uh, like one of the listeners. My hot do- the hot dog clock count plummeted when they moved out of the in laws' house earlier this year. <laughs> well, the irony of two people having that in common. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really done anything. We, I mean, we haven't done anything. Correct. So. Correct Amundo, I would say, actually. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, this is from Suzanne. As you may be aware, the U.S. borders have opened this week to many nations, including, in our case, the U.K. Whoop, whoop. At the end of December, my husband and I will be traveling to Orlando with our two-year-old science toddler, two weeks older than Henry. Nice. Mask wearing over here has been ropey, to say the least, and not been recommended for under fives at all. This means my son now has to wear a mask for the first time and for a nine and a half hour flight. Other than practicing, do you have any tips to get him to keep it on? We've heard the horror stories of families being booted off flights for kids not wearing them on domestic flights, so it feels very daunting. Thanks in advance for your advice. With kind regards, Suzanne in Stockport, UK, home of the original Pemberley Lime Hall. With a husband, toddler, and two old doggies and around 2,000 square foot house, I don't know why we still measure people in houses and feet, but everything else metric either. Well, uh, also you guys tend to say miles quite a bit as well. That's true. So. That is true. You cannot get away from that imperial system. 
And they use stone. Yes, which I still have not figured out. I think it's about 12 pounds. pounds? Oh, I thought it was 20-something pounds. You might be right. I thought a stone was 22 pounds for some reason in my head. What is a stone? 14 pounds. So not close. Story much closer. She wins. Uh, I haven't heard these stories of kids not wearing and then being kicked off domestic flights with your entire family. It's happened. Well, you know, I hope they're very strict about this upcoming flight for us. You want to be kicked off the flight. What? I didn't say that. (laughs) Be amazing, though. Sorry, Henry wouldn't wear his mask. Now, practicing is really the only thing I can recommend. Um, Yeah. And it might be... And if someone has a better, you know, has any other, you know, more thoughtful things to add, please do. But, you know, I think the idea of, like, uh, just getting going for short bursts and also, you know put a snack in front of the kid at all times so they're mm-hmm. always quote unquote eating mm-hmm. <laughs> so if they do take off their mask you can always play it off like that yeah uh water in hand etc although i don't know how much water you want to have given them on a nine and a half hour flight but also wow nine and a half hours that is so dumb. many uk people love going to florida but it's nine and a half hours so i'm like what just go to fucking mallorca or something it's true. It's too long. Like New York, I get five and a half hour flight. That's like drive. We're flying across the country here. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, practicing like getting Henry to wear his, uh, it's hit and miss, honestly. I I feel like he's gotten so much better. Like when we went to Target yesterday, I said, "Bud, you got to put your mask on." And he said, "No, no mask." And I said, "You have to put it on to go inside Target." And then he was like, "Okay." And he wore it the whole time. I also put a mask on him the other day, and he was like, okay. Oh, when I dropped him off at school. Yeah. He was like... And the latest he pictures... He was like, no, and then yeah. I was like, yeah, you gotta... And the latest pictures we've gotten from school, his mask has been on. Which is very rare. Yeah. Um. All right. So, yeah, and I don't know how you'll practice in the UK if it's like, don't give kids under five masks. I don't really understand... Like, cause then you take them out in public and people will be like, whoa, what are you yeah. doing with that kid? Totally. <laughs> oh, um, I wish I had something for you that was more helpful. So if anyone else does, please tell us. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to skip this next one and go to the email from Connor. Okay. Um, how are you? What's new with you guys? Matt, what games are you playing nowadays? Thoughts on the new Bond movie? Uh, you know, it's funny as I... <sighs> I played the Guardians of the Galaxy game twice, uh, and then I pre-ordered the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition, um, and I played it for half a day, and I was like, this is not very good, and I remember it being more fun. So I then uh, loaded an old save of Red Dead Redemption, (laughs) and I've been playing that for the last two days. Wow. So, you know, I was like, I really just was like, I should really, I don't have any platinum trophies. I've never 100%ed anything. So I was like, I really should 100% Red Dead. And I have a save file that I have 90, 90.6% complete on. But then I was like, I don't want to do it like that. So I loaded my 7.6% complete one, just the one when I'm out of the snow at the beginning. And I was like, this is where I'll start. Mm. 
So that's where I'm at. Thank you. Okay. Um, thoughts on the new Bond movie? I would say just listen to James Bonding. Yeah, check out the new James Bonding. I talk about it there uh, extensively. Um, all right, we are moving soon, and I'm looking for advice. We have a toddler that will be two next month, and I want to make the move as smooth as possible for him. I don't remember what episode it was where you talked about moving, but any advice would be greatly appreciated. Did Henry go through a phase where he turned into a picky eater? Seems like over the past week or so, our son went from eating anything to just wanting chicken nuggets and PB&J for all his meals. Um, I'd be, we'd be blessed if Henry would eat that. (laughs) Moving advice. I would just, you know, I would try to involve him as much as possible. Yeah. And getting his space set up first is key. Yeah. I think, you know, the the quicker you can get his room ready to go and the, the more it can feel like, oh, this is the new, this is our new spot. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you're move like you're you're doing like a close move or a far away move, but if you're doing a close move, and you can like bring some stuff over yourselves ahead of time to get his room set up quicker, that might be the move. Um, Henry, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we kind of follow this this we follow division of response. We try to follow division of responsibility in eating. One of the things that they say is. Um, you just you you should always have something on the plate that you know he's going to eat. And then you can kind of introduce other stuff as you wish. Right. Um, that also, so, uh, you know, knowing what he's going to eat now is a different thing altogether. Right. That's true. Like he, some days he loves yogurt. Other days he won't touch it. You know, just like, so you just kind of, I don't know. It's hard. I think the, the TLDR is like, keep giving, keep serving them different foods. Um, even if they don't eat them and like, if they don't eat them, have it be something that you would eat so you're not wasting a ton of food. Yeah. Um, are you still thinking about moving? Was Northern New Jersey ever on your list? An hour from NYC, an hour from the beach, four hours from Boston. Also great weather. It's 41 degrees right now. Thanks oh, in advance, Connor. What a dream. <laughs> I would love it to be 41 degrees right now. It is not 41 degrees right now. Uh, we've ta- we talked about Northern New Jersey, didn't yeah, we, for we, a brief period for, of time? For a hot minute. Um, your taxes are very high your property taxes are stupid thank you <laughs> uh, just spread it out you know then yeah. you guys can like you know oh. um, yeah I mean I don't know where we are with moving TBD there you go we don't have any decisions on anything have you noticed that Lately, yes. Well, I also feel like these people are asking like huge life questions. Yes, exactly. Constantly. And I'm like, yeah. well, uh, I don't really, uh, maybe if we. Um, all right. This next email is from Kate. I think in last week's episode, Matt said that Henry was into listening to records. Do you guys have a recommendation for a good newbie friendly record player? From what I've been able to find on the internet, either the Fluent Fluence RT81 mm-hmm. or the Audio Technica LP120X would be good choices. Do you have any thoughts on either of those? I'd love to spend less than $250, but the angry people on the internet <laughs> seem to think that's impossible to do without ruining your records in the long run. Anyway, I love listening to you guys. Thank you, Kate. 2,300 square feet in South Walpole, Massachusetts. Two cats, one dog, one fiance. More hot dogs than I care to admit. Matt, you're right. The pork ones are so much better. Uh, let me tell you, I, the record player that i had for a long time was an audio uh technica uh that i had to replace the belt on but 
it was about it was under two hundred bucks. I think it was like a hundred and eighty bucks. Let me see. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I would get this automatic, the Audio Technica, Technica fully automatic turntable in black. Again, don't worry about what these needles are going to do. They're not going to drop onto your fucking records with enough pressure to do anything to the grooves. And these Audio Technica ones, they come with like Bluetooth and stuff, but they also have automatic uh, drop. You know, or you're not like, because my record player is like stupid. I, it's like I've got this very delicately balanced counterweight and a carbon fiber head. And it's like, I also have a two and a half year old using it. So it's, I would say if I could do it all over again, I'd get another Audio Technica. Thank you. And good day. Again, because the, for the price of that, you buy, uh, I mean, look, you end up buying two of those. You still haven't spent what people want you to spend on your first real record player. So that's my thought. Is that a good? No, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, next. Okay. Um, This is from Sam. Sam from Kansas here. It's been a while. I finally found a reason of relevance to write into the podcast. Maybe it's known, maybe not, but I'm a high school English teacher, specifically ninth and 10th grade. The time timer mentioned during last week's episode seems like a solution for one specific student of mine who finds every reason to not be on task. I made the order and I can expect it to arrive early this week. So I'll send a follow up in a few weeks to see how it works. Aside from that, not much else to report. I'm still living in Kansas. I'm considering another move to a whole other region of the United States, possibly after this school year. The isolation and limited social interactions outside of work are taking a toll on my mental health. And I know for my well-being, escaping this environment will be the best thing for me. Being a teacher amid a global pandemic, seasoned teachers are walking away from this profession, causing a teacher shortage just about everywhere, which benefits me, a 24-year-old who's early in this profession who finds joy in this career. Any recommendations for where I could move next? Anything that isn't similar to Kansas appeals to me. I have a spreadsheet myself. I would be interested to see if any of the cities I've pondered pop up based on this prompt. That's all for now. Sam from Kansas, who uses he, him, his pronouns, negative three hours in 2021 equals five hot dogs consumed times 36 minutes, about 500 square feet. Just me, no one else. Uh, I mean, if it's really, I mean, I would just, I would just fucking go where you want. Yeah. Do you mind cold weather? Then I'd go northeast. I'd go New York, Boston. That's what I would do. Uh, if you, you know, don't like the provincial Boston suburbs, then I would head out to the other side of the country and go to Seattle. Thank you. Those are good suggestions. <laughs> Sam, it's hard for me to make like another suggestion because the only parameter you've given us is not Kansas. Which we just, I just had three answers. Yeah. For. So, but we can give you some more specific I suggestions. I would add something else to that other... list. I would say also not Florida. Thank you. Oh yeah. Good. I, good call. Good call. Again, the weather related mom, nothing against your state. I have, you know, I have actually heard that being a teacher in Washington state is pretty great. So I think Seattle oh. is a good suggestion. Hello. Although the cost of living there is quite high. Oh, goodbye. But maybe you can go somewhere else in Washington state. Hello. Exactly. All right. Now, we promised this last week. Mm-hmm. The prodigal son has returned. I mean, I hate to say it, but where the where where has he been? Yeah, that's where right. Has he been? Let's find out. Here is Lex. Hey guys. So as far as I can figure, I last wrote in about a year and a half ago. 
There's a lot to get caught up on, and I've debated for what seems like hours as to whether I should recap and explain the last year and all of my personal ups and downs, or if I should just skip it all and say, hi, guys, I'm back. Obviously, I've opted to unload everything into one giant tail slash therapy session. As always, feel free to edit any or all of this out. Side note from future Lex, I started to write this as a sort of outline to use it as a reference, and I was going to call and leave as a voicemail, but as I got to writing, I realized slash remembered that when I write to you guys, I start to think of it as being in Dory's voice. Oh, well, there you go. Here I am. I understand that the last couple of years have been a real challenge for all of humanity. Here's how they went for me. Even before the pandemic, I was starting to fray at the edges a little bit. I didn't make great money. The world seemed to be moving in a politically baffling direction, and years of truck driving were really taking a toll on my body. Add to that a global health crisis that seemed to politicize science, and I began to lose my ability to cope with anything. I was angry all the time and lashing out at everyone for the slightest perceived infraction. I found myself just wallowing in my newsfeed, substituting COVID statistics for the missing baseball scores and looking for any new pieces of ammunition to use in arguments real or imagined. And there were way more of the latter. My eventual solution was to stop taking in upsetting news. What ended up being classified as upsetting was almost anything, including just about all podcasts. Mm-hmm. The, fa- the very fact that you and any other podcast discussed your everyday life, what I love about it, by the way, also served as a reminder of how terrible the world was. True. For a good year, I basically consumed only historical nonfiction audiobooks, preferably medieval and earlier, and if possible, pre-Columbian American history. Many were old Scott Moser Fee Reads recommendations. Nice. Death metal, cool. and eventually baseball. Or to rephrase, I got really fucking depressed. Been Somehow, there. in that first year, I did manage to get some things accomplished. I began to see a therapist again, and thanks to the pandemic, the restrictions on interstate teletherapy were loosened, and I could talk to my old therapist from California. We even managed to buy and move into a house at the end of the lockdown, August 2020. And then, wow, nicely done. We're not going to share this, but Lex did send us a link to his house. That's which, hilarious, which we'll have the square footage. Hang on. 1911. It's very and cute. And it's a beautiful house. Yeah, it's really, Well really, done. You yeah. got a lawn to mow. Yeah. In early 2021, after years of dealing with sciatica and other pains, I managed to get approved to get back surgery as well as get diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, which mm. along with my ruptured disc caused my sciatica and some unidentified autoimmune disease. My rheumatologist literally said, it's not lupus, but we're going to act like it's lupus. Oh, jeez. So I started a whole new, whole lot of new meds, diet, lifestyle, et cetera, and then took six, six weeks off to have surgery. It took 13 weeks. Hmm. While I was off, I began to recover mentally even more than physically. I was even letting some modern content back into my life. Still no podcast, though. Not sure why. I mainly stayed out in my new wood shop watching baseball and trying unsuccessfully not to lift things. John and I even built a couple of kit guitars. Best of all, while I was out, my company gave us what amounted to a 40% wage increase. Wow. That meant that when I returned to work, I would address the two largest stresses in my life, money and pain. While this is not exactly proving to be true, just ask my therapist. Things are definitely better. To wrap things up, I went back to work a couple of months ago. I'm in way less pain, and money sure does help. Those 70-hour weeks seem almost bearable. In the last month or so, I began to get caught up on podcasts, oddly reliving the pandemic through a series of unique perspectives. Each show I've picked up where I left off. The whole time there's been this one show, the show I felt the worst about leaving behind, the one show that I'm an active participant in, my favorite show. (laughs) But for some reason, I'm actually going to bring it up in therapy, I think I had a real hard time going back to. Anyway, in what amounts to as close to pausing the pod as I can do, I defied my completest brain and listened to just the latest episode before writing in. I will now go back and listen to what I've missed and try not to write in about things that happened months ago. 
I have also realized that it is not really that cool to drop off the face of the earth during global health crisis. So I apologize for that. I, I hope don't know. I kind of did it. This makes some sort of sense. Dory, Matt, Henry, Bo, and all the eggheads, I love and miss you all. And after writing this, it feels really fucking good to be back. Lex, living in central Indiana in 1900 square feet. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. With both an unfinished basement and attic and a 700-ish square foot detached heated shop. Nice. With two adults, a 17-year-old, two dogs, and three cats. P.S. I've not a clue what the whole hot dog thing is yet. And then they... Uh, yeah, I got news for you, Lex. Sometimes we don't either. Uh, Lex included a photo of two of their guitars. Two, a couple of uh, S-style, as they say, and a T-style, Strat and a Tele. And uh, I like it. Rosewood neck. Look at that. I see no truss rod adjustment at the top of the neck here. That means it's vintage style on the bottom. And also, that's a pretty good burst you painted, I'm assuming, yourself. That's really nice. And I like that. Wow, uh, is that pine? Is that a pine neck? No, can't be. They wouldn't. No one would tell you to use pine. What's that neck? Just maple? Just a stained maple? Let me know. Okay. Good job, Lex. Also, great to hear from you. And, uh,. I'm glad you got to talk to your therapist again. Yeah. And congratulations on your house. Yeah. Etc. And your 40% pay raise. And listen, just don't be a stranger. Which has beat the 6.5% inflation rate. So thanks. Way to go. <laughs> All right. One last email from Lauren who says, Lauren Gleason, the donkey of prey here. Hilariously, Hello. my ears pricked up while listening to the, yesterday's podcast. When you said there was a donkey at Henry's preschool parents night, just wanted to, you to know it made me laugh, rewind and listen to that section again. <laughs> there was a donkey. Ay, ay, ay. Los Angeles. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all so very much. We are going to also thank our Patreon supporters. A reminder, you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. Yes. Um, there's a, you can do a monthly support. There's also an annual support where you save 10%, which is pretty cool. Um, we're very grateful to all of our Patreon supporters. We love doing the Patreon episodes. They're very fun. So if you want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com slash excellent adventure and check it out. All right. Thank you to the following supporters. Edwina Goodingham. Edwina Morgan Bodo. Uh, Elena Palling. Emily. Aaron. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Frederick Rouault. Greg Watchorn. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Hillary Berry. Jackie G. Jennifer Steele. Jenny Flick. Jess Fick. What? Yeah, Fick. Just Branch. What did I say? Flick. Oh, I knew a. Fl I knew a. I worked with a guy. Last name was Flick. Anyway, Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Grigsby. Uh, Jessica Milovich. Julia Schulenberg. Julie McLaren. Kane McCall. Karen Thakurshi. Cat C. Uh, Catherine Lene. Catherine Chimmins. Katie Reagan. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestro. Christopher Vanegi. Kinsey Hamilton. Laura. Laura Dodge. LFB. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Liz. Male. Mariana Breed. Marina Breed, not Mariana. Martin Hedegaard Peterson. Uh, Mary Jo George. Maude Tremblay. My brain's broken, everyone. Mackenzie Erickson. Megan S. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Roth. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike Zydek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. And Molly. And Mariah Adamic. Thank you, everyone. So very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, if we don't see you before Thanksgiving, have a great one. If we do... Don't have one till we say have one. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, unless you're Canadian, you already had yours. Thanks. <laughs>